Um, I'm truly honored today that she has accepted the invitation to be a part of KSE in Live on tonight. How are you, woman of God? I am awesome. How are you today? I am very well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm truly excited about the opportunity to um, interview you and talk with you a little bit more. Um, it's funny, you guys, because we know each other personally, so now we're going to get very professional, if you will, but we're going to still be who we are. <laughs> As you get a chance to get to know who she is, she's a fun-loving, free-spirited um, woman of God, and um, there's a lot about Heather. Um, and actually, I had her um, her bio, but I'm going to allow her to, you know, give a little bit about herself. But I will say to you all, um, Heather Patero, and I'm pronouncing the last name right, Patero. You are doing awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> really wonderful. So she is a wife of a pastor. She's a mother. She's a musician. She's a vocal coach, and she's an educator. And there's going to be some things that we're going to just dig in tonight, and she's just going to um, share some stuff with us. Um, with that being said, I know that you, some of your background is that you came from a family of musicians. Is that correct? And you're from Atlanta. Is that correct? Well, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I, my grandmother lived in Bush, Tennessee, which I'm from. And... Um, we moved to the Atlanta area when I was in third grade. My mother was a school teacher, and she had gotten a better teaching job here in the metro Atlanta area. So I've lived here since I was third grade. So I feel like a Georgia girl. <laughs> you said since what, what grade now? We moved to the Atlanta area when I was in third grade. So I feel like Honey, you 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 from Atlanta? You are Atlantean, yeah. <laughs> and your father, he was a he was a Baptist minister. So how was yes. that? Well, it, it was my biological father died when I was 10 years old, and my mother remarried when I was 13, and she married a Baptist minister. And so growing up in the home of a, a Baptist minister and a school teacher, I was doomed from the start. <laughs> I couldn't oh my goodness. anything. <laughs> so that's probably where you got some of that soulfulness growing up in the Baptist church. Um, but now it, it, you you shine. I don't want to say shy away. You know how some of us may have been brought up in um, Baptist settings, and eventually find ourselves out of that traditional ritual of being a Baptist, so to speak, and being more um, uh, able to flow in different areas in our relationship with God. Um, Tell me a little bit more about, like, your your Baptist upbringing and then what led you to kind of um, venture away from that structure um, of religion. Well, when I was 13 years old, there was a large Methodist church in our community, and I played piano, and uh, I, I played very well at that point because I'd had piano lessons since I was five years old, and of course, my mother was a classically trained singer, so we just always grew up with piano lessons and voice lessons, and she wanted us to be as well-rounded as possible. And so they were hiring for an accompanist position to play for the choir and for the 
uh, worship service. So I went down and auditioned, and I got the job. And it was I basically started getting paid at 13 as as a wow. professional musician. And I was making fifty dollars a week. And back then, in the in the early 80s, that was something. You know, I thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> I bet. I did. So you were playing the piano for you were playing the piano at that time. Yes, Correct. I played and sang, and um, and my parents said, that's fine. You can go down to the Methodist Church on Sunday mornings, but on Sunday evenings and Wednesday night, you'll have to come back to your church, to, to the Baptist Church, so you can participate in youth group and sing in the youth choir. And, and you know, that, that was fine, you know, because the Methodists, they really only met the church that... Uh, where I was, had only had Sunday morning worship. So they didn't even do Sunday evening worship at the time. So, you know, I, so I'd go down to the Methodist Church and play for them and, and get that real-world music experience. And then Sunday mm-hmm. nights and Wednesday nights, I was back in my youth group, and we went on choir tour, and we did a lot of, you know, I still was very active and very involved at my church as well. But I think the more that I got exposed to other church uh, church traditions, I also realized there was a, a bigger world out there as far as there were lots of Christians worshiping in, in various ways from high liturgical settings to uh, more charismatic Pentecostal settings. And and just over, over the years, have, God has opened doors for me to be able to meet so many people across the spectrum who love him and worship in different ways, but still worship the same one true living God. Right. And Amen. I, I think that has shaped my uh, worldview as well. And I, I believe that biblical worldview is very, very important. No matter what your job is, you know, if, if you are call yourself a, a Christ follower, you know, I think it's important to have a biblical worldview. And uh, I think that's why, you know, we, we we love so many different kinds of foods. And when I met my husband, you know, I exposed to, my mother was very uh, cultural um, and very uh, multicultural oriented. And she had gone to J- Japan to teach. And she uh, worked for the Department of Defense. And she had taught in Germany. And she traveled the world while she was there. She had not um, married my dad yet, so this was way before I was born. And mm-hmm. so she traveled the world, and she brought that experience when she had children. She brought that experience, and I think now I'm That's getting that from my child. And I think it's interesting. I have a 16-year-old that loves to listen to Kate Smith and Guy Lombardo, and but he also loves Chill Hop, and you know, but he and he loves. Um, you know, I mean, literally every genre that you can think of. And I think we don't have to be stuck in one place. That Absolutely. if we're moving and living and and trying to live our best of God through us and in us, that we'll see the world in a different place. And I think that's affected how I write my music, how I perform my music, where I like to perform my music. Um, and I think it just shapes my whole life, you know, and it makes I, to me, it makes my life happier and better because I, I, I can see things in a bigger way. And I, and I know that comes um, from having a mother that was exposed to that as well. And, and so I think we teach those things with Mother's Day coming. I think it's important as mothers to teach right. our children everything that we can, we can share with them and, and, and help them to grow into being well-rounded, 
biblically uh, worldview people that love all of God's people and, and want to see all, all of God's people. people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, it, it gives you a wide spectrum of being able to um, not be restricted in your gifting, not being restricted in, you know, how um, you get to know people as well. And you were talking about genres, and as you're talking about that, you know, I'm thinking, first of all, um, of course, us being kingdom people, um, our operation should never be um, the thought of black and white, right? The, the kingdom of God is 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 all of us. We, we're all, you know, compiled of the kingdom of God. And so I do know with that being said, your musical gift reaches all genres in the community. Um, and a lot of the massive amounts of invites that you get, um, a lot of the support that you get comes from the black community. Um, who absolutely just love you. And has there ever been any negative feedback from your peers in reference to, um, you know, that? Well, I would say, you know, people are people, and, and it's the the heart is, is wayward, you know, and I think that's the thing. That's why we need a Savior. And right. the... You know, I've gone into places, and, and I don't even like talking in terms of black or white. It's just a skin tone to me. I mean, it's it's um, it's one of those things. I actually had a friend tell me, like, you know, we were talking, and, and he was a darker skin tone. And of course, I'm as Irish light <laughs> color as they come, and uh, I burn just looking at the sun. And... Um, you know, it's one of the, he's like, Heather, who raised you? He's like, you have such a cool way of looking at the world. And I said, well, I, I, in the natural, I would say that my mother raised me and, and her beautiful spirit of how much she loved people. And when she went to China, um, when she was 69 years old and she went to China, she just loved the Chinese people so much. And after my stepfather, who was the, the Baptist minister, after he passed away, she was actually even talking about picking up her life and going to live in China because she loved the Chinese people so much and wanted them to know about the love of Jesus. I mean, it would name a 69-year-old that does thinks that way, you know. That's amazing. And because, she just, because she loved people so much and wanted them to know the love of Jesus so much. And, and I said, well, in the natural, my mom raised me, and I, I gave him a little background on her. And I said, but in the, in, in the real person who raised me was Jesus Christ. And I think when, we, when he calls us to grow up and he calls us to that place that when we come into the fullness of our purpose and who we're supposed to be, there, there's really nothing holding us back except ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you get set free, I mean, I, I, I ministered this the other day. I, I, I play at a Jamaican church uh, occasionally, and I shared with the congregation there that we've got to do more than, we've got to be more than, we've got to be happy, not just be happy, just being saved. We, we need to be, that's not, that's only half of the gospel. The rest right. of the gospel is, is now how do we live that out? You know, we spend right. so much time telling people that Jesus died on the cross for us, but we don't spend enough time saying, all right, now that you know that your sins are forgiven, now that you know that he died for you, now that you know that he suffered a horrible and cruel death on the cross just for you, now what are you going to do with him? And we have so many people that 
leave churches that have been in churches for many, many years, and they leave still with the same needs and the same wants and the same desires that seem to never get met, and we ask, why is that? You know, and um, are we just satisfied with that? And and for me, we got to be not just saved, but we got to be free. And I think that absolutely one of the greatest gifts that that my mom taught me. And and you know, I, I tell people all the time. You know, my mother was not perfect, but she put braces on my teeth. She gave me piano lessons, and she took me to church and told me about God's love. And she told me I could. You know, and she grew up in an era where her daddy, her daddy actually told her that girls don't go to college. So my mom, oh, wow. didn't, my mom didn't take no for an answer on those things. She listened to God, and she put herself through college because she knew that was the right thing to do, even though the people who were supposed to love her the most told her wow. that she was So against all odds, she pushed through. Absolutely, and so I think that's that. You know, I, I forget what our question was now. I'm so you and I tangent. Talk. Hey, so don't even worry about it. We just keep rolling. Look, everybody else probably forgot too. This got this got good. I mean, because it does not matter. If we can get some of the most the people who who we value the most of their opinion, you know, and what they may speak over us. And how either we reject the word that is a negative word spoken over us, or we can take that negative word that was spoken and, and rebuke it and do something greater that you know that God has gifted us to do. And that's what your mother did. And the, because of all of that, she instilled so much. You, she was able to impart you know, so much into you, and that's why you're able to go into all kind of um, – you know, atmospheres, and you're able to just allow for people to see the love of God of who you are, where most people would be maybe very hesitant, you know, to, to go through the, some of the doors that you've been through. And when you get there, you you receive because your gift, you know, your gift of music and the love that you have for God shows out. And so, of course, all that, you know, can just barricade like all the negative you know, chit-chatter, you know what I mean? So that's amazing that your mother pushed, you know, through all that, especially during that time. That's, like, like unheard of, especially for a girl to not listen to her father, you know, and he was the minister, you know, so that is crazy. So I want to ask you, how do you find the time to balance your busy life? (laughs) It's so busy. It, it really is, and my husband works basically two full-time jobs. He's a, a, a pastor of a, a, a medium-sized uh, church, small to medium-sized Methodist church, and then he also works a 40-hour-a-week job in Atlanta, and um, we have a child. And then uh, being a musician, I have to kind of piece my income together. I teach about 30 private voice and piano students a week, and I'm celebrating my 20th year of teaching this year, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. And um, just, you know, I think the thing is a lot of it is self-care too. You know, as we age as women, we don't think about things that, you know, we just kind of, we're so good at dealing with day by day. And right. I think that's the gifting that God has given us naturally. And right. because we are so used to dealing with day by day, we don't always plan 
far enough out so that when a tragedy does happen or or we have a loss or um, things happen that, that change the plan, we're so good at adjusting. And I don't know, yes, I just think that's a God-given gift. But at the same time, we also get tired and we also get weary because the flesh is weak and and, you know, we're in these human bodies that, that need rejuvenation and rest. And I think my key to that is making sure that I take time out to take care of Heather when it is time to take care of Heather. And I've been um, the last probably, I would say, eight years, uh, both my parents died in the same year. We um, mm-hmm. we had a, a hard loss in 2011. and. My wow. dad, my stepdad, but I called him my dad. And um, uh, Absolutely. Uh, personally, my, my personal take on that is, especially if the relationship is like that, I just don't believe in throwing the step in there. You know what I'm saying? He was your, uh, he was oh, the, yeah. yeah, and so I, I'm he totally with that. you with that. So he you can just say your dad, you know. Um, he, he had that's your dad. That's who yeah, God exactly. put in place. You know, yeah. on this earth for you, you know, to be that father yeah. figure and to raise you and to instill so much into you. Um, right. Well, he but wow, so, so 2011 was really rough for you. Yeah. yeah. Losing both and your mother then, and your father. Yeah. And then in October, my mom went on vacation and she died on vacation unexpectedly. Oh, and I, my gosh. So we had an expected death in February and an unexpected death in October. And that kind of grief will change you. And I think that's when I started really waking up to what mm. am I doing here? How am I, because I was having to not only balance my grief, but I was having to balance my family's grief because they loved her so much. And um, I, I realized I couldn't do it all. And really that's where the song on my album, Jesus um, in the Cross, came from was that one afternoon, it was in November, it was a few weeks after my mom had passed away in October, and I just sat at the piano and just cried and cried and cried. And it was like one of those perfect fall days that we have here in Georgia, the blue skies and the leaves Mm -hmm. were blowing just perfectly. It was like out of a movie, really. And that scene looking out of my dining room window will forever be etched in in my brain that day. And I was tired. I had cried. I had, you know, just just felt overwhelmed, and um, I just was not. I, I had no idea how I was going to really go on, and and make this life work without my mom. You know, there was just, especially my mom. There's just how is how is that going to happen? You know, yeah. and it. Fortunately, I have a very strong, awesome husband, and I think that that also makes a difference. But um, you asked about how to I balance. Well, that was a wake-up call for me that day. And I just mm. sat at the piano, and I just cried out to God, and I said, Jesus, keep me near the cross. And yes. I had Fanny Crosby's, um, her hymn, Jesus, keep me near the cross, open I mean, literally, it was like God just opened my fingers to that hymn and my hymn book sitting on the piano, and God gave me new music in that moment. He, um, I borrowed a few of her words and added my own words, so I always like to say that Fanny and I wrote a, a, a hymn that day, a song that day, and those words are what 
helped me have a wake-up call that I have to lean on Jesus. And so, yes, how do we keep all the plates spinning? And sometimes there are weeks that the plates spin more so than others, as you know, and that we have to do this balancing act and keeping all these plates spinning all the time. And especially as get older and, and it does make it a little easier, I think, sometimes. But then there are other times that... It's harder because they're having to do more in school or, or, you know, have other obligations, and especially when you're a ministry family. And then you add on top of that, I was dealing with terrible grief and having to manage um, her house and everything. But on top of that, I had a horrible relationship with my sister, horrible. And Mm. my sister and I just could not get along at all. It, It was just like breathing the same air was just, offensive too to much each other. wow and it it was one of those things that i know she loved jesus and i knew i loved jesus and i think in that moment that's when i really said i i've got to do something i've got to balance this better i grief was too much of a burden to bear and i think that sometimes in our lives we get something that happens that we mm-hmm. it'll bring us to our knees and then we have to say, okay, God, I've tried to do this on my own. And he's like, you know, I've been here waiting all the time. <laughs> you know? I think Jesus yeah. has such an incredible sense of humor. Waiting you for know? you to realize you can't do this thing by yourself. Right. Right. His, his, that think, his power is waiting to just cover you. Absolutely. His strength right. is there. But so, so you said pray. that your, so your relationship was strained between you and your sister. Yeah. And, you know, we suffered, I mean, literally. And so... We had a really hard time. We made it, you know, we'd get together for Chris out of duty, you know, as far as Christmas and things like that. But, um, you know, I think the thing is, is in the last eight years because of the grief and balancing, having to balance a new life in a sense and um, understanding that there are family obligations and church obligations and student, you know, I have, you know, obligations to my business to my students and all the things that we do as a family, we've had to be intentional. And I think that mm-hmm. really is, is not as much balance as it is intentional and intentionally leaning on Jesus. And that's how I do it. I mean, it sounds so trite and so simple. And I know people will hear this and go, oh, yeah, it's always about leaning on God. Well, I mean, but it's an intentional choice to say, you know, Saturdays are family day. You know, if we, you know, occasionally there'll be something church related that'll happen that can't help but be scheduled on a Saturday, but we're going to be intentional about Saturdays. And and that's what we had to do as a family to finally. So now are are you talking about your household family? Are you talking about even the extension of family outside of your home? Just in general, Saturday is the Patero's family day. And so we started making plans and being intentional um, so that may be something that, you know, sometimes you just can't, though. But you have to tell people no a lot, too, you know, and I think right. that's you the do. thing. That he, you and know, you have and to be so, okay with that. <laughs> you yeah, have to be okay yeah. to say, I can't, I, can't, I can't do this because this has been lacking through the week. My schedule has been busy. This is our opportunity for our family to reconnect um, since, you know, oh, the busy lifestyle. But you said something, you know, and I kind of want to just, I don't want to, like, get all into it, but you mentioned your relationship with your sister. And I know that there has to be um, 
other people on the line who can um, identify. I can as well, but it, I won't say that it's a, it was a sister, um, but it was a family family members. Okay, people that you know, um, you know that you may you have the love for them, but technically you just don't like them, right? There's just some people in our families that you just really don't like. And that's okay. And I just wanted to, you know, say that out there for, um, you know, some of the listeners or even those that will listen to the playback. Um, and it's hard. It's, it's hard because then you think that there's something wrong with you. Now, the thing is, how do I work past whatever, um, any unforgiveness that I may have held you know, any grudges that I may have held. And those are the things that we have to go to God about. Um, and, you know, I'm just talking to the to those who, who may be listening. Um, you know, to just be like, as long as your heart is clear, you know, about whether or not there's anything that you could have done to make anything different or whether or not a conversation needs to take place. But don't let that thing follow you to the point where it will begin to cause um, um, anxiety or, you know, some type of fear knowing that you're going to come in contact with this person for, say, a family event or, you know, that you don't go through it because or go through with the event because you don't want to, like, see this particular person. But I know that it's a, it's a difficult situation when we may have um, – family that we just don't like. And so I wanted to ask you, Heather, how were you able to move past, did you guys ever um, make amends of your dislike for one another, or you guys were able to cope and be in the same place without it being an effect, you know, in the atmosphere with the two of you? Well, I have an amazing testimony about that. So, okay. as I said, my sister well, share. Because, you know, because I believe yeah. that this is going to bless somebody. This might be the opportunity for someone to hear how someone else overcame being able to um, strain relationships. And so please share with that with us. Well, it, we, we had gotten to a point, you know, because you're dealing with ex, a, 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 an estate, you know, and there's money involved and, and I Okay, so this is after your mother's death that the relationship became stressed. Well, gotcha. it had been going that way. Well, it had been going that way for many years, and okay. um, and then of course when my parents died, it just exacerbated the situation. And so there's money involved, and of course because I'm the oldest child, I was uh, appointed as the executor, and and so I think there was some, um, you know, a, a little bit of, of she was not very happy about that as well, and I just, you know, there was there was always these issues, and and you're right, we we had gotten to a place where she didn't call me, she didn't enjoy talking to me, uh, I didn't really enjoy talking to her because like she was quiet, you know, I mean it was just hard, you know, and we didn't really share anything in common, and we grew up in the same house, you know, and that was mm-hmm. what was so crazy to me, and it bothered me. That here I am. She she's a worship leader, and here oh, wow. I, I love Jesus. And, wow. Okay. And, you know I'm serving in ministry. How can we both say we love Jesus, and then have this ought between us? You know the the wow. word in the King James that talks about having ought with your brother or sister, right? Mm-hmm. So about 
I guess it was about two years ago, I started um, I started praying for her. And <laughs> I said, I started praying. I said, Lord, I said, I want you to soften my heart towards my sister. I want you to put inside of me, and I want you to help me see her the way that you see her. And I want you to soften her heart towards me. And I want you to put inside of her a way to see me the way that you see me. And Mm. I just started praying that. I started praying for her physical healing. I started praying for her emotional healing. I started praying um, for her family. I mean, I prayed for them like Mm. I have never prayed before. And I just made it intentional. I have this prayer app on my phone that reminds me to pray throughout the day at certain times of the day that I set up to be reminded. And so I would Mm -hmm. pray for my sister twice a day. And that's what Mm -hmm. I prayed for her every time. Lord, soften my heart towards her. Lord, help me to see her and love her the way that you see her and love her. Help her to see me as you see me and love me. And Paula, that's all I prayed. I prayed over and over and over, and I'm so glad God doesn't get bored with our prayers. You know, and I love what you're saying because not only did you, because, you know, some people, when they're, like, in a space where they're not, you know, getting along with someone, it's always pointing the finger at that other person, right? Right. You know, but you said, Lord, soften my heart. You know, yes. let me love her the way that you love her as well, vice versa. Yes. You know, where sometimes yes. our prayer is always pointing the finger at the other person and we don't want to self-examine ourselves and look, you know, at, at our faults and our errors where we may have, um, you know, gone wrong or, you know, saw something that was not there, our perception was, you know, off or whatever. So that's great right. that you brought that up because that's, that makes sense. We have to be able to, when we're praying for someone to be changed, we're only changing because the way that God wants them to change, not how we want to see them change, but the way that God needs for them to change so that they can see the God through us or us see the God through them. That is great. I thank you for sharing that. I mean, I got to know that that has blessed somebody um, with that because you can't, no, because otherwise when we're praying the, the other way around, it, it's, it's a formulated, it's a kind of a formula of witchcraft, you know, because we're praying with the manipulative, controlling, um, wanting to have an outcome the way we want, you know, oh, sure. but you're saying, well, no, God. Right, but it's about claiming the promise of Scripture, which if my people who call themselves by my name will yes. humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. So the Absolutely. Thing is, so, so when we come before God with a humble spirit, like I believe that prayer, I didn't, I didn't necessarily go, well, I'm going to be humble and pray this. I did, I, that's not what I – I just – the Lord laid that on my heart to pray that way. And I said, yes. Lord – I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. Change me first. You know, make make my it. heart love her the way that you love her. Well, it wasn't long after that that, you know, I, as a music teacher, I do recitals. And I, I, it was funny because when I called her, I, the Lord was really prompting me, and I was like, oh, I don't want to call her. And he's like, you know what, you've been praying about this. 
you know, Lord, Lord and I just have these crazy conversations sometimes. And I was driving down the road, and I remember exactly where I was, and he said, call your sister and ask her to help you hostess, be a hostess for your recital. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, she's going to say no. You know, I'm sitting here having this conversation with the Lord. I'm like, she's going to say no. You know, she's going to be too busy. After he gave you the instruction on what to do and what to say, right? Yeah, (laughs) right. But I'm I'm, I'm kind of talking to him about it, you know, and I'm just like, she lives two hours away. She's going to be busy. I know that she can't do it. She's going to say no. He's like, call her. I said, yes, sir. (laughs) I called her begrudgingly. And I even started the conversation. She answered, and I said, well, I know you're going to say no, is how I started. Oh, wow. I said, I know you're going to say no, but I feel like I'm supposed to ask you anyway, would you be willing to help me with my spring recital because it's our biggest recital and it's a big deal and, you know, I need somebody in front of the house to help me. She didn't even miss a beat. And with all the love in her voice, she said, I would love to do that. See. And and so I was shocked <laughs> at first, and I was like, "Okay, God." <laughs> so we had a wow. conversation, and I told her when it was and everything. And she came the night before and spent the night with me, and we just had the best time. And we got ready for the recital, and she helped me prepare everything that we needed to do. And then the next day at the recital, my students were just. You know, it's just an extension of God's love because they, she told me later, she said, your students came up to me and said, oh, my goodness, you're Heather's sister. She, they were like, oh, we've heard so much about you and how much she loves you and how much she adores you. And, you know, I don't remember talking to my students about my sister, but that's what wow. they told her. And, oh, she just thinks you're so wonderful. And, and later we went to dinner and we were sitting there and she, was, she reached over and she held my hand and with tears in her eyes and she said, all day today, I was so proud of you and what you had accomplished with those students. And they all were coming up to me and told me how much you love me and how much you talk about so me to them. And, and, and she said, I didn't even think you liked me. And I started crying, and right there at the dinner table, I said, you know, it's interesting because all this time I didn't think you liked me either. And right there, immediately, my prayer got answered, but it was the preparation, Mm -mm -mm. all of that preparation. And I think that's what we forget, that, yes, God can answer prayers immediately, but think how much more, more, amazing and awesome and wonderful it was that God prepared our hearts for that moment mm, because of what for I that prayed. moment. Wow. But it took preparation to get there. It, did, it didn't just happen. God was answering it. Yes, I believe he answered it immediately. He answered my prayer a year later. But it took all of that That's a testimony. That is a testimony. Of God is, you know, rebuilding your relationship. Wow. Yep. He has totally healed that relationship. And we've talked to him. We've asked forgiveness. We've asked forgiveness for each other. And, you know, she told me, and she says, you know, let's not walk on eggshells around each other anymore. You know, let's. Now, that's the key right there. That's the key because we have to, in relationships, we have to accept the good, bad, and the ugly, and re- and recognizing, you know, we're all different, but that we can still come together, we can still love each other in spite of our 
faults, our, you know, um, our, our imperfections. You know, you should be able to communicate um, whether or not you want to hear it or not. Some people just don't know when to stop. That's a whole other different situation. But I'm glad that you two came together and recognized the fact that, you know, especially being worship leaders, both of you, you know what I mean? Like, you know that that was nothing but a wedge that was that was caused by, you know, to cause division in your family because there was a gift on, on the inside of both of you, and that was not God's desire. Now, granted, there are some relationships that are not supposed to be repaired. That's not what your situation was. It was uh, a, totally a repairing um, structured by the Lord, and that was it was awesome that you were obedient in his instruction, even though you didn't go willingly. You know what I'm saying? You doubted it. But God, he paved the way for your relationship to be restored, and that's a blessing. And thank you so much for sharing something so personal. I know that that was not even the intent of that happening on tonight, but thank you so much. That was a blessing to hear that. You're welcome. And, And you know me by now. I mean, I'm not one that hides my scars. You know, all my battle scars are, are are testimonies that I'm still here, you know, and that God is still working in me and that we still, I don't think we should ever hide our scars and that there's a Absolutely. reason. People can be healed through our scarring and us Absolutely. living through it and, and learning to, you know, learning to recognize God's goodness in, even in the midst of getting a scar from, from whatever came our way, you know, that... You know, the Bible says be thankful in all things, not just all the things, things that we think are good, you know. And can, am I thankful that my parents are, are dead? No. But I sure am a better person because they they weren't here. Because in a lot of senses, I had to stand on my own two feet more. And I had to be my own woman. And, and I, I had to grow fast and I, you know, quicker and because I wasn't leaning on my parents. Instead, I had to lean on Jesus. And, you know, I know where they are. I know I'm going to get to see them again, you know. So am I thankful they're dead? No. But am I thankful for the time that God has grown me because they're not here? Absolutely. You know, I'm a different person than I was eight years ago. And even the bad things that have happened, even, you know, all the hateful things that, that happened through, you know, the relationship with my sister, we're restored now. It's better than before. You know, Amen. I mean, it's like, Amen. would I, was it, was it painful? Yes. Would Absolutely. I want to look through it again? No. But am I grateful? Yes. <laughs> you know? And I think those are the things that we have to look back on and give God glory for that he brought Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Honey, when you become an overcomer over whatever situation, whatever God has brought you from, I mean, there, there. There, there's no way but to just give him the thanks because being an overcomer, you know, he didn't leave us in that situation. We overcame that. We, yes, we went through it, but guess what? We went through it. We didn't stay there, you know. And so, you know, the relationship that, you know, we all um, need to strive for is really building that personal relationship with God um, and, and knowing that his desire is for so much greatness um, you know, more greatness than we could ever even want for ourselves, and that's what he desires is that the greatness 
in each and every one of us come, you know, to fruition and that we walking, you know, in our in our giftings and our callings and our purpose and you know, being able to touch lives. There's a reason why we're all here and every one of our purposes are are connected to, you know, bring somebody else up out of a situation or to, you know, bring them a gift of, of love or the gift of ministry, you know, through presence. And so um, it's important. And so, again, love and forgiveness and, you know, and, and, and building a, a closer relationship with God. And I have one more question that I want to ask you before um, we get ready to see if there's any questions and we'll open up the phone lines for just a couple of minutes if there is anyone who may have a question or a comment that you would like to um, ask Heather, you know, we'll open up the phone lines for that. Um, Heather, how would you define music as therapy, um, as a tool for therapy for the mind, body, and soul? Oh, my. Well, we know that, that David hired the skilled musicians and that he was often called by King Saul to come and, and ease Saul's uh, anguish by playing. And, you know, I think it's interesting to me how music is also very unifying. Uh, we, My family just went on Friday night to see Hillsong United, which is a very uh, popular uh, Christian band. And there was oh, really yeah, like, I like Hillsong. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like 19,000 people there. And it was wow. so fun. I think my most favorite moments is when the singer, the lead singer of the band, would stop singing and allow the congregation, because that's what we basically were, 19,000 people in this in State Farm Arena, singing to the top of our lungs, you have no rival, you have no equal, God, you are healer, God, you know, I mean, it, it was just... Those were the most amazing times to me is when the singer would stop singing and let us sing, and we raised that roof. And I think if that doesn't tell you that, that music, especially singing uh, the song and the praises of the high and holy, beautiful name of Jesus together in unison, it was it was just one of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard, and I felt like we put the angels out of a job that night. Uh, Friday, yeah. they could, the angels in heaven just sat back and listened to us here in Atlanta singing the praises of God. And, um, you know, I also play, I have a jazz band, and, and, you know, I play a lot of secular music, but I'm very careful about what music that we that we perform because uh, I'm very much about it being inspirational, being about love, um, being positive. I mean, um, one of my favorite songs that we do is Marvin Gaye's How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. And we've done that in secular mm-hmm. settings, and we've also turned it around and done it in worship settings as well. And instead of saying, I want to stop and thank you, baby, we say, I want to stop and thank you, Jesus. I just want, you know, how sweet it is to be loved by you. And I love yeah. songs that we can turn around. I like that. Yeah, I do I, like that song. <laughs> yeah. And so we do a lot of different music, but we always do positive music. And I think that's something to be said as well, that um, that's an extension of who we are, the music that we listen to. And that's why I try to encourage my voice students, you know, don't listen to music. You know, I'm, I'm not a prude or anything, but it's one of those things that, you know, I'm a firm believer in garbage in, garbage out. And if you constantly 
put in music that is negative and filled with dirty words and filled with um, negative connotations of women and, and uh, tearing down the community and things like that, I think you're, that's an, that becomes part of you. And so I think it's, my mom used to say, be careful little ears what you hear. Be careful little eyes what you see because mm-hmm. those, those things become a part of us. So in answer to your question, therapy, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole industry that has been built on music therapy. It's not a, necessarily a Christian therapy, but um, there's art therapy, there's dance therapy. There's A lot of the fine arts have become uh, full circle where people are actually getting degrees in music therapy. And they're combining music degrees with psychological degrees, and I, I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. Even the secular world understands that music and the arts can be um, healing, so that should Absolutely. say a lot. Absolutely. Well, hey, you all got the tidbits um, from Heather on tonight. Heather, please give them the information of how they can connect with you on social media um, and also your website information and um, give them um, information of how they can get to your music as well. Thank you, Paula. Um, I'm on Facebook, just Heather Patero. It's Peter with an O, -O. P-E-T-E-R-O. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I think that's about all I do on <laughs> I try to keep up with it all. And then my website is heatherpatero.com, just really easy, my name, .com. And um, there will be links to iTunes. I'm on all the um, music outlets and YouTube, of course. So, Amen. You guys, please make sure that you connect with her, please. Um, She's already given you all her information. She is a jewel. She is um, a fun-loving woman. Uh, if you ever get an opportunity to hear her minister in music or just to even um, get in her presence, she does so much. And just look out for her. You just always, um, if you connect on her page and her website, you know, all these wonderful events that she's. Um, involved in and certain things that she does annually, just make sure you connect with her and be able to be blessed by her um, her gift of music. And also she's a educator of music and a music a vocal coach, um, so you can connect with her as well through her website. Her website will give you um, the download all of the information about her bio and her um, you know, everything about her regarding um, music. So you can definitely connect with her. It absolutely has been an honor um, on tonight. Thank you for being a part of KSEN Live. Um, everyone out there, I want to encourage you to just walk intentionally to be you. Um, the only person that you can ever imitate is you. You are who God has created you to be, so be the best you. Um, strive to just raise the bars in areas that you need in your growth. In every area that God has called you to, just be a good steward um, of everything that he's given you. Show yourself to be faithful, whether it's your family, your career, ministry, or all of the above. 
um, with every level that God has given you, just be faithful with it, and God will then promote you. Um, I, I, I encourage you. Um, the outcome of any of the discomfort that you may be facing is to take your pains, to cause it to push you into your purpose. Again, Heather Patero on tonight was our special guest. We are so honored to be a part um, of this interview with her. It was an absolute honor. Thank you again, woman of God. I love you. I, I love look forward you. to what you. I look forward to us getting together and having some coffee and dessert and blah, 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 you know, so <laughs> we'll talk offline about that. I love you so much. Thank you again. And everyone, this is KSCN Live, and thank you. God bless you, and good night. Good night.